Welcome back to the Better Divorce Podcast. I am your host, Paulette Rigo, and I'm here to guide you through the storm of divorce into much calmer waters. So hold tight. Whether you're contemplating divorce in the thick of it or just rebuilding post-divorce, I've got you covered. Each episode, we'll tackle the tough topics, share resilient stories, and offer practical, helpful advice to help you navigate with confidence wisely. Remember, you're not alone. I've been there, and so have millions of others, and your brighter future awaits, I promise. Ready to turn a tough time into a time of growth? I know you are. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you find this content helpful, please share it with others who might benefit. Now, let's dive into today's topic. See you soon. Well, welcome back to yet another episode of the Better Divorce Podcast. I'm Paulette Rigo, your host. And thanks for joining me to, um, goodness, episode, I think we're in the 160s now. How does time fly? Today, we're going to focus um, two-pronged on your health and wellness. It is one of the things that typically gets swept aside a little bit when you're in the midst of a divorce because there's so many other things to do, so many other things to think about. And I wanted to invite my special guest today, Lori Finlay, two-pronged. She was, first of all, a um, past client of mine. And as we get to know each other through the divorce coaching process, well, let's just say I get to know my clients very well. And I was so impressed with Lori's um, background, both in education and training, professional, that I thought this would be a perfect conversation. And October also not only happens to be Domestic Violence Awareness Month, but also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So we have a lot to jump into. So welcome to the show, Lori. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here, Paulette. And I'm thrilled to have an opportunity to um, you know, make a difference perhaps with all the women that you support and, and the women and the men you support, because what we're going to talk about can impact them too. Yeah, it certainly can. You know, one of the things that I do when people first meet me is I give them a ton of information. Uh, if you go to the website, Better Divorce Academy, there's podcasts, there's a blog, there are downloadables, there's eBooks, there's quizzes, you get the idea. But one of the things that I created was a list of the top 12 common divorce mistakes that I see to avoid and what to do instead. And without going through all 12, number 12 happens to be, and I don't know why I put it last, maybe because it's one of the most important, is not to ruin your health and well-being as a result of mismanaging the stress right. and the anger, fear, sadness, and overwhelm that people typically fear. Uh, feel and experience during the divorce process for so many reasons. I mean, my eight and a half year case, I can't tell you um, every single symptom that I experienced right. in the early stages of, of contemplation of divorce. I do find the clients that are the one that filed or initiated the divorce tends to feel the stress in their body earlier 
than the ones who maybe are dropped the bomb on them, pardon the expression of, hey, honey, guess what? I want a divorce. That tends to be a more a shock and awe. And those, the trickle down of the physical and emotional mental symptoms maybe take a hold a little bit the during and the after. And that's a generalization, Lori, but uh, I do see that a little bit. Um, you know, the 70% of divorce is in fact filed by women, um, which is shocking. I had no idea. And for those women, which is, you know, the majority of, of this audience, two years is the average amount of time that a woman will internally contemplate the marriage where it is. Is it healthy? Is it unhealthy? Can we go to therapy? Will that fix it? Is it fixable? Is it salvageable? Do I want to salvage it? Maybe I want to get out too. You know, these are these ruminating thoughts that women typically have at two in the morning when they're sitting at their laptop because they're filled with insomnia and they're Googling, you know, can I save the marriage? Do I need a lawyer? Ah, um, that was a sentence there. But all of those thoughts that just do ruminate and they filter down into the body. And as you, you know, the body um, keeps score. So let me just introduce you to the brilliant Lori Finley. I'm gonna give you a little bit of background for her. First of all, she's a nurse practitioner, a certified health coach and author, speaker, um, and the founder, owner, director of Women, Wisdom and Wealth. Lori has been practicing as a nurse practitioner for over 40 years. So let's just say without reading her very long bio, she knows what she's doing. She has been a remarkable figure and has graced the stages of international conventions, of the decks of cruise ships, and even the prestigious Martha Stewart radio show. I find that fascinating. So it's fun. Uh, you'll see her bio in the show notes. I don't need to read the whole thing. Trust me, you're going to be like, whoa, she's very qualified to talk about this subject. She knows what she's talking about. I know personally and professionally. So Lori, tell me a little bit about your story and how long did your divorce take? You know, maybe not down to the day. And how did the divorce process start to affect your health, even as somebody who's pretty much an expert in it? That's so nice of you to ask. And, you know, it was quite a journey. And although I had the bomb dropped, um, there was a lot of stress and tension and um, problems going on beforehand. So I was experiencing a lot of stress beforehand. Um, there, there was, you know, a few threats here and there that went on for a few years. Um, it was six months before he dropped the bomb or, you know, the official drum bot when, when he really threatened um, anyway, so it was not a, an easy ride getting to the bomb, but I'll, I'll never forget what my body went through those first five nights, um, first five days. I mean, I, I'm a 63 year old woman now and, you know, I started menstruating again. It was like, whoa, sorry, men, that might be too much information. But, you know, in other words, I was in menopause and all of a sudden it's like, wow, what is my body doing? I was, um, oh my goodness. I couldn't sleep literally for five nights awake all night long. I um, also in medicine, there's a term that we use called rigors, and it really means intense shivering. There was nothing I could do to warm up my body every night, predictable at some point in the night, I would be hanging on to my body so tight, trying to warm it up because it was just vigorous shivering. And this went on for five or six nights as well. So there's a lot of things going on there, right? Um like a tremor. The, the, yeah. Oh, it's incredible tremor. Right. And then within a few days I had the, some people call it tinnitus. Other people call it tinnitus 
or the ringing in the ear, that all started. This still hasn't gone away, um, by the way. But um, all, yeah, all that was going on. And with that said, immediately, I knew enough that the most important role that I had in the next how many months to prepare for mediation was to prepare for mediation the day, do my financials and all that stuff that was required and up-level my emotional, physical, and spiritual health and mental health. I had a very um, structured routine that I did in the morning and in the evening to support myself emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. And at that time I knew, look, I'm. this is not the time to you know, decrease that because of the stress and all the paperwork, this is the time to up-level it. And I did, and I'm really glad I did. Mm. And I was one of the lucky ones that my process from start to finish only took six months. That's a miracle. It really. Was, you, you, for somehow you found me through a recommendation. Right, exactly. You know? and, and because of your recommendations and the CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst team that I hired, you know, that made a significant difference. I had a really, really amazing team and we were able to move forward. And I was in a, the best county in one of the best states in the nation in Hillsborough County here in, in Tampa, Florida. And, um, you know, I also, I didn't have, you know, we had grown children, they were his children. So we didn't have those kind of issues to work through, sure. but it was still a very, very, very challenging mediation process. The first one was 13 hours. The second one was 11 hours. And I've shared with you, Paulette, that the next morning is when I started having chest pain and I thought nothing of it. I mean, I've got 20, 25 years of experience in cardiology. And so I know those signs and symptoms backwards and forward. And I laid there in bed and I asked myself, am I having a heart attack? It was like, no, 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 no. Didn't have all these symptoms. And I got up the next day and started packing because I had needed to leave from the house, right? Move out. And never thought another thing of it until just this summer when I had to have a minor surgical procedure, they required an EKG and there was the evidence of indeed a heart attack. And I was shocked um, because, you know, it only lasted five minutes, five to eight minutes. But, but it showed up on the EKG from the- Showed up on the EKG from November. Mm -hmm. um, it's called broken heart syndrome. And it's one of the many, many physiological signs of trauma, betrayal, trauma, stress, divorce, grief, loss. And even if you had perfectly clean coronary arteries with no plaque, the stress hormones, epinephrine and norepinephrine or cortisol, all those stress hormones cause a vasospasm or a, a spasm of the coronary arteries and, and mimic a heart attack. And that's what I experienced. So that was my experience, right? And, and I know that women go through way more than that, particularly if they are in this process for a long time. They're trying to balance that stress load day in and day out, as you well experienced. Well, whether it's six days, six months, as you experienced, or six years, um, it, there are going to be physical uh, implications and symptoms that you feel, even if that is, like you said, mentioned loss of sleep. A lot of women experience loss in appetite or right. they stuff themselves just to comfort, right? It's right. some sort of mechanism or a way to manage the stress overload. And I do mention in my book, Better Divorce Blueprint, that exact, you know, I don't get into it a lot in the book. There's, you know, pretty much from confusion to conclusion in the book, but that those symptoms that you so eloquently described, there is, um, <clears throat> 
excuse me, a study from a, a ER surgeon or ER doctor, he happened to be a surgeon too, kept noticing all these patients coming into ER, ER, ER. This was his profession with symptoms. And it was automatically assumed that they were having a heart attack. You right. know, be the symptoms that you well know. And they weren't. And through years of kind of, hmm, you know, being in inquisitive as physicians typically are, as well as attorneys and maybe coaches too, he started to ask questions about what was the going on in their life. And he started to ask, are you married? Are you going through a divorce? Are you divorcing? And the person who would be experiencing these symptoms would almost always say, as a matter of fact, yes. Now, that's not to say that everybody that goes into ER with a heart attack is getting divorced people. So don't misunderstand that comment. But how amazing that the symptoms and the correlation of the two can be tracked back to that stress that you right. And again, it doesn't have to be eight and a half years like mine. So this isn't right. a competition. Being in a six-month divorce can be just as stressful as a six-year divorce. Certainly the duration of it, um, if you were to think about having to go through that five and a half more times, well, let's just say that would not right. be the ideal situation. And when you're younger, in your you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, and you have small children, the the complexity of the divorce may wreak havoc on your health in a different way. I mean, Correct. you mentioned that menstruation started again. Many of these women, it just shuts down too. And the body basically has a way of shutting down in the way that it's just not functioning optimally. So right. let's, yeah, let's explore that conversation a little bit more. Um, let's talk about it also because if it's October, but what's the current rate of breast cancer in the US, Britain and the world? Because I think that that's an important data for people to really have a good awareness of. You know, it is. And what's startling though, is that it's increasing very, very quickly. Mm. Um, right now the current stat is still one in eight women, right? One in eight women have genetic anomalies that put them at higher risk. Okay. Stats, stats show that it's um, breast cancer rate is going to go up by 57 percent by 2027 like that's wow. significant right really significant um a, a huge spike and it's now in pubmed.com so pubmed is the basically the library of medicine like the library of congress right like all of the medical peer-reviewed articles are published typically in pubmed and there's research on pubmed that shows that um over th that the women, young women in the military, their breast cancer rate last year in 2022 increased by over 300%. And there was only one thing that they all had in common. You know, when we do clinical studies, it's like there's a control group and a variable group, a control group and someone that gets the, 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 the drug, right? The experimental group. The only thing that was different or the only thing that was common amongst all of these women that they all had in common was something that was mandated by the government. Mm. Yeah. And it even says in the PubMed article, the vaccine. So I'm not making any kind of a political statement. I'm just saying the immune system of these women was impacted so dramatically. And I might add this real quickly. We know from, um, well, because of my own breast lumps and the significant history in my family, my sister, my cousin, my aunt, my best friend that died, my brother that died of hormone-related cancer, um, all of this, I decided to take a serious dive 
into the causation and more importantly, how to heal my breasts and keep my breasts healthy. And what I found was for all cancers, I mean, first of all, only five to 10% of cancers are caused by bad genes. The rest of it is all caused by diet and lifestyle or environmental triggers, which we call epigenetics. So on top of your genetic wiring, right? And with that um, in mind, I mean, there are things that we can do or not do that will impact our risk of breast cancer. So I was really um, on that's huge. It's very empowering. It's like, okay, what can I do to protect my breasts? And so I dug in and started studying all of that so that I had way more control over things and that I would not be a statistic, right? And what's important to realize is that our current Western medicine, I'll say, um, system is to use chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery. And those three modalities, they might get rid of or shrink, like cut out the parent tumor, the parent cells, or shrink the parent cells, or poison the, 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 you know, the parent cells, but they can't kill the cancer stem cells. And that's why we have such an incredible rate of reoccurrence. And, and it's only a healthy immune system that can fight the cancer stem cells. And so we're tying that back now to these young women in the military because they you know, were all hit with the vaccine, which lowered their immunity, even though it was supposed to protect them, right? Lowered their immunity, um, they had a higher risk of, of cancer. And you know, we see that in diet as well. When we're exposed to a lot of sugar and things that will depress our immune system, we're, we're putting ourselves at greater risk, but we can talk about that in a little bit. Well, I want to, you know, we touched on that a little bit about, so here are the statistics. <laughs> right. Facts are facts. Let's not sugarcoat it, pardon the pun. Right. Uh, but let's not see that as doom and gloom and a death sentence. Um, right. There are many things that you can do to take control. I've always been a believer in alternative functional medicine, you know, we can give it many different labels that you want to. There's traditional Western medicine, and then there's other types of medicine. Um, I've always studied this. Um, I think I started eating organic food uh, way back in the 80s, or it had to have been because Whole Foods used to be called Bread and Circus. And the very first Whole Foods was in Wellesley, Massachusetts. I grew up in Needham, Massachusetts, and I used to drive by this Bread and Circus, I kid you not, that was the name of it. It was the size of a typical drugstore. Um, in fact, it was a converted drugstore. And voila, you know, I think 10 years later, Bread and Circus became, um, what did they call it? Bread and something, I forget. And then it got changed to Whole Foods. Um marketplace I think it would get was like a transition and there were five stores there was one in Brookline and one in Cambridge and one in it was a very Boston brand and well fast forward uh 40 plus years we all know what's happened to Whole Foods so as it got sucked up by Amazon and and that's all well and good no no judgment as that but so I was 
awakened into organic food when I was in my 20s. I got married at 22. And this was when I was in college, so 18, 19. And I would come home with organic, whatever. And, you know, my family be like, what the hell is that? You know, I was accused of being very crunchy. And yes, I did shave my legs, but um, I became a birth doula, a lactation consultant, a yoga teacher trainer, an Ayurvedic consultant, a macrobiotic cook. Like I, I know this a little bit, not from a medical um modality as you have, but I am a full believer in um, all of these things to do to take the body God gave you and optimize to the best of your ability. So, you know, now this layer, as you, as it's called epigenetics, can you help the listeners understand more specifically what epigenetics is and how an awareness of the other types of uh, view worldviews or viewpoints of medicine uh, can support that instead of, well, being another statistic. Right. Awesome. You know, um, I'll start just with a, a quick little picture of a tree, right? If you look at the, the leaves at the top of the tree, that basically rep represents our current medical system, all of the ologies, pulmonology, you know, for lungs, mm -hmm. um, cardiology, rheumatology, right? I mean, all of those ologies are up there in the trees. If you come farther down to the trunk of the tree, they might be focused on, hmm, let's see, is there something else going on? Is there a nutritional deficiency? Or, you know, um, is there some toxicity that you're dealing with? If you get down to the roots, and this is what functional medicine is studying the root cause, you know, you might actually be able to find, oh, there's a DNA challenge here. Or wait, there was some significant childhood trauma or, oh, wait, she's in a very toxic marriage that is stressing her body and constantly raising her cortisol, which is then depleting her progesterone level, which is now creating an imbalance between progesterone and estrogen and putting her at high risk for breast cancer. Or again, back to a genetic anomaly where, you know, this gene isn't producing the enzymes as it should and so she's not able to detox correctly. And that certainly was going on for me. So epigenetics, again, epi means on top of, you know, we have our wiring, right? We have basically our wiring, like a piano, like the strings are there. And um, we don't know what sound or how the piano is going to express itself, if it's Bach or the Billy Joel or Beethoven or the Beatles, right? We don't know what's going to come out of that piano unless it has an external influence. In this case, it would be the pianist. Now you could have a broken string and pressing on a key and nothing happens. And that means like in, in, in epigenetics, that means you're missing that gene. It's not working properly at all. It's, it's not even there. If it's flat or sharp, you know, that might mean that it's too slow or too fast. And so, Again, the genes will actually cause enzymes to start to give the body instructions of what to do. So if you're functioning at 30% capacity or 60% or, you know, of your normal capacity, you're not able to do what your body should do. For example, the BRCA gene. Many women have heard about the BRCA gene because of Angelique Jolie, who decided to get a mastectomy because she had the BRCA gene, but we all have the BRCA gene. She just happened to have, you know, what's called a snip, like sick, you know, um, snipping with scissors, 
They call it a SNP, S-N-P, or you could say it's a hiccup, or you could say it's flat or sharp, and it just wasn't working properly. And um, and so she would be at higher risk for breast cancer because BRCA actually means the breast cancer gene. And its whole point is to suppress breast cancers. Like who knew, right? Women aren't told that. They're just like, oh, I've got the BRCA gene. We all have the BRCA gene, but there's things that we're doing every day that can shut down the BRCA gene and make your BRCA gene work as poor as someone that's got poor wiring to start with because of our diet and lifestyle. And that's really, that's that can be confronting for women or extremely empowering. Like, wait, I get to choose how my body is, expresses itself by the diet and lifestyle. You know, if we're mindful and meditation and eating organic and exercising to flush out the toxins, if we're having um, things in our diet, in particular supplements, like for me, because of my genetic wiring, I know what it is. And I take some special supplements that will augment or supplement my diet to make up for or compensate for those, you know, faulty genes. So it's it's actually very empowering when we find out what it is. We don't have to sit around and be a victim. Beautiful. So these tests that you can now do, of course, you know, 50 years ago, or I'm not exactly sure when this test was rolled out to the public, but someone like Angelina Jolie that made that very, you know, deeply personal, uh, drastic decision, you know, I get it. Um, you know, would you say that that is necessary how does that no judgment of angelina like you know this is like but if you find out that you have this is that the only alternative well if i were to show you in fact i'll mention real quickly now that i'm doing a big free webinar in two weeks and i'll you know you can put the link in the show notes mm -hmm. but i'm going to show women i've got this beautiful graphic chart a big fan chart that will show all of these reasons for breast cancer mm. and the BRCA gene is one teeny teeny little piece but that's all we hear about there's other genetic factors but all we hear about is the BRCA gene I mean you could have you know um really poor detoxification systems and that's actually as important and we can do something about that and again we can we may quote have the BRCA gene that's not working as well but we can address all the other factors to reduce our risk and, and women aren't being taught that. And that's, that's where my passion comes in. Like, look, you don't have to sit around and be a victim because you do or don't have a family history or the BRCA gene. There's all of these things that you can do to, um, to create and support and enhance healthy breasts, including manage your stress and emotions, do the emotional healing work you need to do as you go through these really stressful relationships and life-changing events. It's mm. just critical that, that we, you know, support ourselves and up-level our physical baseline as we're trying to up-level our emotional baselines. And divorce isn't the only reason, of course, why these things right. manifest. Don't, don't think that divorce is the big bad wolf, you know, although it can be one of the big bad wolves, right? So, and there's two sides of it. You've got the very factual side of the case with the judicial, legal, financial, residential, lending, insurance, taxes. I like to call that the spreadsheet side of the divorce. 
Right. You know, it's a fact and just like, you know, statistics, but let's just put that aside for the moment. What about the psychological, mental, emotional, physical, sexual, spiritual? It's a two sides. And that is one of the things that I, I uh, support and promote in the work I do is not just dealing with the spreadsheet side as most you know divorce coaches or experts do and most therapists will also handle this but then you know and that that's a wonderful thing therapy and counseling is is a wonderful thing this isn't me saying oh you don't need that there's there's like two separate worlds right and and seeing being that bridge between the two of them now let's specifically talk about what these causes are can you sort of we don't maybe we don't want the dirty dozen uh you know or <laughs> that's how I always think of it like oh maybe we don't want to ever buy not organic strawberries for right you know, there I are agree. certain foods I never buy if they're not organic strawberries being one of them right. uh, but there are other foods well maybe if it's the only thing that you know um you know I'm, I'm pretty 99% of what's in my refrigerator is organic and I do try to get out in nature I do practice yoga some the sweaty kind the restorative kind um you know I always laughed as a growing up as a dancer I always say that running is for horses swimming is for fish and um flying is for birds. So um, I'm just not a runner. Right. My knees don't like it. I don't like holding my breath underwater, but I found things that I like to do that are movement. So let's talk about, you know, we don't want to necessarily say all the things you shouldn't do, but what are these causes that you should be aware of? Well, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I do have a, um, a little handout, a PDF that will also be in your show notes that your listeners can um, download. You know, there are the four things that I like really like simple, you know, simple four four stools, if you will, or four legs of a stool to support you um, in, in, in enhancing your hormone health and hormone metabolism, because all of these things you mentioned actually come down to what's going on with your hormone balance and hormone metabolism and the pink campaign in Western medicine, they're not addressing hormone metabolism because there's three pathways that your estrogens can metabolize down. One is healthy and the other two are not. And that's what's associated with the toxic foods, the, the toxic ingredients in our foods or the toxic cleaning products and personal care products and how it impacts hormone metabolism. So going to my list real quick, the four things, number one is to make sure you go green. Go green, and there's great resources like the Environmental Working Group, skindeep.org, things like that, so that you can reduce your toxic burden. And then you want to make sure that you optimize detoxification, because if you've got this toxic load, and we in our modern world are, are exposed to toxins every single day. So increasing glutathione support is really critical. And, and for our listeners that often when they're in the middle of divorce, they may want to up you know, the amount of alcohol to soothe things. And that's really, really sabotaging them because it'll drop the glutathione, which detoxifies all the toxic estrogens. So um, exercise, infrared saunas, supporting your lymph flow, those things will help detoxification. Optimizing your progesterone. Again, stress like sucks the progesterone right out of you. And we need to have way more progesterone, the life-giving hormone compared to estrogen to be optimal support. And when we're under stress, cortisol just um, uses all the progesterone. 
And um, so we want to do things we can do. And there's essential oils or even some progesterone creams. And again, I've got all these listed on the document. And then of course, optimize your, your nutrition, not only getting whole, real organic food, but avoiding the processed food with the plastics and the the fertilizers and avoiding sugar that will drop your immune system, excuse me, for at least six hours. I mean, that's really significant, yeah. right? Like, wow, just a little bit of sugar. So making sure that we get nuts and seeds and healthy fats to support our hormones, all of those things are important. Mm. I was a big proponent, my old functional doctor up in Boston, unfortunately, she just passed away. The strangest story, but um, I started hormone replacement therapy at age 49, 50, 51, something like that. Um, perimenopause was a day at the beach for me. Like I, I had 57 day cycles as a teenager. Um, I, you know, I had three pregnancies, three births, although they were not fun, but um, so I've had like no gynecological issues, but I could feel the, my body was just like, what the H is going on here? Um, so she did the blood test, gave me all the right hormones. And then I up and moved to Belize and you can't get hormone replacement therapy in Belize. It's really hard when you live in the middle of an island and nowhere, they don't do that stuff. And to try to bring it down, it was just, let's just say when you live there three years, all of that sort of just went, you know, Eh, not important. And then that thing called COVID happened, you know, <laughs> and nobody left their house for nine years. We were all like, ah, so, um, and then I decided, you know, I probably should get back on them. And that was one of the things I had just done. And, you know, we met you and now I, I feel back on track with that. So that was one of the things I really felt that you were able to help me with. And it's such an important message because if you don't know what hormone replacement therapy or HRT, if you're going to be an acronym person is, and your 40s, 50s, 60s, you need to know what it is. That That's my, you know, that's my nurse plug. So what is it? And how does hormone imbalance increase wellness risk overall? Oh, that's so great that you brought that up. I want to add one quick note there, <laughs> excuse me, that there's a difference between HRT and BHRT or bioidentical okay. hormone therapy. Thank because, you. Because, you yes. know, HRT is synthetic and that's what was used in the Women's Health Initiative study, which gave right. all of these false, uh, false data and it was a poorly designed study. But for 21 years, doctors and women have been told all over the media and by everyone else that estrogen is bad for you. Estrogen is actually really important. God gave estrogen to all of us. And estrogen, you know, goes up and down and it's part of fertility and on and on and on. It's really important. And it's when we see a drop in estrogens, as we go through perimenopause, we see a drop in healthy levels of estrogens that we see a greater risk. We also see a risk because progesterone plummets. And now there's that imbalance. Progesterone should be here and now it's here and estrogen um, even though it's depleted, there's more of it than the progesterone. So that's why I reinforce we've got no, to support. Thank you for that clarification, right? I right. I always used to say bioidentical hormone replacement theory. Right. Therapy, but it's a paragraph. So, right. <laughs> but it's really important because women don't, you know, they focus on their breast health. Yes. But, you know, more women, one in eight may die of breast cancer, one in two or three are going to die of heart disease. And if you don't get bioidentical hormone therapy, your risk of Alzheimer goes up, your risk of strokes, your risk of heart disease, your risk of osteopenia, all of these 
or osteoporosis, all of these things are a dramatic hit to a woman's health as she ages. And when we're in our 40s and 50s and 60s, we need to be now looking and saying, what do I need to do to optimize? How do I want my body to feel and be able to act? You know, the privilege of working out and being able to do what I want to do in my 60s and 70s and 80s is a result of what I'm doing to my body, good or bad, in my 40s and 50s, right? And yeah. so, you know, hormone replacement therapy, um, if, if it's bioidentical, is really important. I mean, I'm wearing my my reading glasses. They're actually part reading glasses, part protecting me from the blue, the, all the blue from, you know, rays from, from the computer. But um, we're not afraid to get glasses, reading glasses as we age. And yet women are so concerned about their bioidentical hormones, right? And here they are sitting in one of my colleagues in Shiro's calls it hormonal poverty because they just don't know that they can feel this good. Like they may not have felt this good. I feel better now than I did at 40 and better than I did at 30 and 20 because I had hormonal issues my entire life. Mm. So it's very important. Again, your heart health, your brain health, your bone health, um, all of it, not just your breast health. Yeah, and, and strokes and heart attack run in my family, not right, cancer. Right. Uh, that's my ex-husband's family. My children are doomed. So <laughs> I find that the blood work and the, you know, checking in a quarterly, um, doesn't have to be monthly, I believe, it, you know, uh, is so helpful to just see, you know, oh, look at, you know, we're making progress or where you're not making progress. And I was off it for a good five years. So I was a absolute nightmare but then uh, like my hair is really thick again like do I do I need any more hair god no um like I feel good I'm sleeping good I'm not craving sugar and salt um right I, I mean I don't crave alcohol sugar fat I don't crave anything really I mean I notice when I'm hungry I eat and I stop at 80 percent or try you know sometimes you're like oh I think I'm full um uh, depending if you're having a conversation, you know, if it's a social meal versus you're eating alone, trying to make sure I'm chewing 30 times and swallowing, you know, mindfully and all those mindful choices that you make about going to bed on a routine, a circadian clock and shutting down the electronics a good hour or so way before you get to bed and kind of having that routine of getting in your cozy, comfy clothes and whatever that is, you know, everybody's going to have a different routine. But I found that having that routine and that structure in your life, when you're going through times of stress, who you're with, who you spend time with, who you choose not to spend time with, what you read, what you put in, um, and what you kind of, I wouldn't say blockade, but avoid, you know, I mean, now we've run the 24 hour news cycle. And with all that's going on in the world, you know, our hearts go out to the Middle East right now. And in Israel, it's just an insane. I have a lot of friends that are Jewish growing up in Boston. And, um, it's a horrific thing, but the point is additional stress going in, right? There's just this bombardment of like, ah, so not only do you have your personal agenda that you need to focus on and your business and your family, and then you have, you know, society and world, there's a lot of stress coming at you. A lot of stress. amp up your ability to be more resilient and increase your vitality, this is, and especially if your hormone levels are off kilter, and you're not able to 
of course, build your immune system and have that vitality, you're going to need to do so. So tell us a little bit about the October 25th webinar and how okay. people can, you know, join into that because I really want to come. It's, it'll be lovely. I'll have it two different times at 10 um, 30 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern time. Both of them are Eastern time. Okay. 45 minutes. It's free. I'm going to talk a little bit about the things, again, that women have not been told or taught, you know, um, from Western medicine, including, you know, why hormone measuring hormone metabolism is so important and how to do that and the best diagnostic hormone tool in the entire world. I'm going to share a little bit about you know, the differences between some of the top screening tools and the brand new ones that are out there, the ones that I use. And so I'm going to talk about epigenetics and hormones and hormone balance and, and screening. And again, things that people, um, women have not been taught, um, but you can go to lauriefinlay.com forward slash breast dash health, and you can um, register right there. Seating is limited. So you need to register early. Those that come and stay will definitely get bonuses or come live, right? Um, I also want to let your listeners know, again, because hormone imbalance is so inextricably linked to breast cancer and those other things we just mentioned, heart health, brain health, bone health, that I've created some online hormone quizzes that they can um, take uh, because most women, they haven't been taught this. They don't know what to say to their medical providers. They don't have a clue of what's going on. And a lot of women can't afford a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, functional medicine consult. Um, so I, I want to make sure, and I made sure with these quizzes and, and all of the data and information and tips and tools and links to specific supplements that would support them, that they can begin to support themselves at home because Getting on bioidentical hormone therapy is the very last step. What you want to do is improve the health of your endocrine system, your whole hormone making system by some of the things we've talked about today. And I give you all of that information, plus a, a new little book called Hormonal Harmony that's coming out. So if they go to my website, they can log in and, and get those quizzes. They can register for the webinar, you can follow me on Instagram at lauriefinleynp.coach and get a lot more information. And Lori Finlay, L-O-R-I-F-I-N-L-A-Y.com. Everything is there. Find Lori. <clears throat> She's a wealth of knowledge, educated, kind, gentle, knowledgeable, uh, just a, a delight to work with. So don't go it alone. You don't need to have your PhD in um, everything she understands to benefit from understanding how stress affects you, whether it be divorce or life, uh, right. just regular old life is stressful, right? Just regular. Exactly. And then you add the that on top of it and you can see why it starts to wreak havoc with your with your health and well-being so don't go it alone now if somebody can't go to this webinar on the 25th you know still go to the website um you know speak to lori take yeah there's lots questions. of tools there they can they can click on the little link that's on my website and get a free 20 minute you know consult again there's the hormone quizzes in the ebooks and my blog and all kinds of resources right there on the website perfect so thank you for your time. I know that this has been a very uh, insightful topic and a very needed topic. I don't normally go into the health aspect of how divorce um, 
is affected by the body is affected by the um, stress and overwhelming amount of things that need to be done because there's so many other things to tackle as well. Right. Just as essential. I don't mean to make it sound like it's at the bottom of the barrel, right? It isn't. If anything, it should be number one. And I do discuss that very early in Better Divorce Blueprint, how if you're in this for the long haul, you'd better to make note right now, take a baseline where you are because you don't want your health to fail right? or even get um, affected. And, you know, it's going to get affected a little bit. Join the club, you know, where we're all human, but we want to take the bull by the horns and, you know, become proactive in that. So you're not a victim to the circumstances of stress. We all have to endure them. And uh, I am so glad that you are thriving on the outside and making um, a whole bright, new, beautiful life for her. So um, thank you, Lori. It's been a joy to have you both as a client and um, a professional. So thank you. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here. And yes, thank goodness I had you in my um, back pocket, right, as a support to help me through this crazy experience that I went through. So thank you. Appreciate it so much. And hope to see you and your um, listeners on the the webinar. We will. Uh, Until next time, make it better. Okay. All right. Thank you. I am hosting a retreat in Belize. Some of you may know, but I used to live there. And Belize is a melting pot of culture that carries over into the food, the music, and the fun. It is the best of both vibes from jungles to ground you and beaches to heal and soothe. I live there for many years and go back and forth between there and Atlanta because I can't get enough. My co-host, Tierra, visited me and didn't want to leave either. No one does. This is paradise, folks. My co-host Tierra and I chatted about the perfect all-inclusive location for you ladies that are going through a pivot in your life and need to reset, renew, and rebuild, and we nailed it. We kick off with a three-day adventure in the luxurious eco-resort Kapal Tree in the southern Belize jungle, followed by three luxurious days on Thatch K Island, a private island over water, oceanfront oasis in the turquoise Caribbean along the Belize Barrier Reef. Whether you're going through or just coming out of a divorce, especially with a narcissist, a career change, or you just want to get back to the parts of you that you haven't seen in a while, we are talking to you. Make note, May 4th to the 10th, 2024, and start packing. Space is very limited on the private island and in the jungle. Be sure to act now. We have a passion for leading truly transformational healing events from heart-opening, accessible guided meditations to connection-based life-changing tools and practices. We curate each moment with care and compassion to ensure every lady is taken care of from the initial registration to the final namaste. It's better in Belize.
Thanks for joining me today. If you were inspired by today's episode, please share it with a friend or a loved one. My hope is you feel empowered to take some action, no matter how big or small. Action that allows you to step out of the chaos and thrive on your own terms. If this podcast added any value to your day, please review it on iTunes, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Until next time, keep thriving in the chaos.